This is your life, God's truth. You're at QFM. It's Phil. And speaking of truth, let's uh, get on the phone here with State Representative Steve Green, who is going to share some truth about what's going on in the waning days and hours of this legislative session down in St. Paul. Uh, Steve has been a a state representative in our region now for a number of years and now is going to be running for Senate coming up to the election this fall. Steve, welcome. Good morning to you, sir. Morning, Phil. How are you doing today? Well, we're hanging in there. You're down in St. Paul, obviously, right now, and it's quite the hornet's nest, I suppose, right about now. Yeah, it's, it's that time of year, and this year is uh, really should have not been this bad because we've already passed a, a full budget last year, which which was not a good budget because we increased ha- uh, we increased our spending by about twelve percent last year, hmm. uh, and so this year now uh, should just be a bonding year, but because of the surplus, I guess people think they need to uh, spend some more money. And we're hearing about some sort of an $8 billion uh, spending, or, you know, they, it's interesting how they word it, uh, a framework, $4 billion in investments to move Minnesota forward and $4 billion to lower costs and provide tax relief, trying to put some sort of a positive spin on it. And, of course, the budget surplus has always been touted over the last number of months as being about $9.2 billion. Kind of walk us through what's going on here, Steve. Is this a good thing or not? Uh, I don't think it's a good thing at all. Um, just to give you a, a little background, um, the, the $9 billion that they were talking about, we did spend uh, about $2 billion of that, even more, a little more maybe. But we did that in, uh, because we had to pay back the unemployment uh, funds that, you know, we had borrowed a billion dollars from the uh, federal government yep. for all that extra unemployment that they paid out. Yep. Plus, we depleted our own unemployment uh, reserve here in Minnesota. And if we hadn't done that, that was like $2.7 uh, billion. If we hadn't put that back in, all of our businesses would have been looking at up to a 30% increase in their unemployment tax. And, it, uh, you know, they've already been hurt. So that was just something we had to do. The federal part of it, if we hadn't paid that back, we were paying uh, $50 million uh, uh, a day, I believe it was, for uh, um, interest on that money. Hmm. So that had to be paid back. So now, our, now our, our surplus has gone down to about seven again. And remember that, that that's a projected surplus. Right. So, that's not fair. It's not in the bank. It's just what they, if, if spending continues the way it is, uh, then that money will come in. So, well, and so what about where we're at here with this negotiation, this $8 billion thing? You know, it seems like when we always get close to the end of the legislative session, it's out of the hands of the legislators and it's into the hands of the governor, the Senate Majority Leader, and the House, uh, Speaker of the House. Is that where we are again right now to hammer this out? As of right now, they're still trying to negotiate, but the negotiations are going nowhere. And so now we are hearing the rumblings that the leaders are going to go in and put together a deal, which is, uh, which is not only wrong, I think it's gonna, it's, could, it has the potential to be devastating for Minnesotans because... What they, what they did, they went in and they made a deal that, and, and they set what they call targets. And they said, if, if this money continues to come in the way that it's coming in now over the next four years, 
this could be up to $12 billion. That's, that's their estimate. Okay. And so what they've done is they said, we will increase spending by $4 billion. We will do what is called, um, uh, well, they call it tax cuts, but it's actually a reduction in, in different collections uh, of tax of $4 billion. And then they'll leave $4 billion on the bottom line. But there is not $4 billion on the bottom line. And we're already hearing from not only in the state, but also other economists that in the country, we're looking at uh, not just a recession, or are we, we could be looking at a full-blown recession yeah. by the time we hit fall. Exactly. And and right now, with uh, this is going to get in the weeds a little bit. I'll try not to do that. But we're looking at over 8% inflation right now. Well, we have a 50-some billion dollar budget. And if you, and if you put 8% uh, on that for inflation, that's about $4 billion. Hmm. So that, that extra money that they're saying is going to be there, even if it did come in, is already burned up in inflation. That's right. That's right. So, so, so what we're doing is we're taking, we're spending $4 billion, which we should never do in, in these increased uh, uh, amounts, not only because we don't know what's there, but because if we spend that and, and, and then reduce the, the taxes at the same time, then you've increased your spending and you've lowered your income. Yeah. And so what we'd be looking at is the next budget cycle could be, you know, into the hundreds of millions of dollars in deficits. What are some of the so, things they're projecting to spend $4 billion on? Well, that's what the negotiations are right now. Now, they've set their targets, and their targets are they want to spend a billion in, uh, in E-12 education, another billion in health and human services, and then the rest is split up among a number of things. Yeah. Uh, the next highest one would be public safety for $450 million. But we don't know what that is. We don't know if that's more community folks going out or, or what it is. In, in the original House version, the money that they had in there specifically stated that it could not be spent for law enforcement. So uh, I don't know where we're going to come down on that. But here's the thing people need to know, Phil. Yeah. Not only are these these projected uh, um, surpluses, we don't know them yet. If we, if we walked out of here with nothing, if we didn't pass one single bill, nothing changes because we passed our budget last year. Exactly. This is supplemental money that we're throwing out there and spending when we don't even know that it's going to be there. And we have no idea what fall is going to look like. Uh, you know, they're talking now energy costs rising to the point where we may see some rolling blackouts. Um, and, and that's even in Minnesota, which, you know, you, we don't think about that, but we've really damaged our coal, uh, coal electric plants by trying to, you know, taking them offline and switching over to solar and wind, which is not very economical. And then with cutting off the, uh, the pipelines, now we're seeing gas over $4 a gallon, uh, down here, I don't know what it's at at home. I haven't been home for a couple of weeks. It just jumped up to four nineteen, four nineteen, and then diesel is crazy. And I just read this morning, Steve, inject as you're going down this list. The Minnesota Truckers Association said there are five thousand drivers short right now in Minnesota, and you know that's not a good sign either. They can't find people to help fill the pipeline of drivers. I mean, there's a lot of uneasiness going on right now and 
Are you are you hoping and is there a chance that they won't get this done, that, you know, we'll end this legislative session, which has to end by seven o'clock Monday morning. Is there a chance that it just isn't going to get done and you would view that as a good thing? I would view it as a good thing. I think that there's a better chance they'll slip something out, but that's probably one of the reasons I'm on the radio. I'm hoping people that will, will take the time to contact their friends and call their legislators. I mean, call me, but you know where I'm at. Yeah. But call your senators uh, in, in your respective districts and let them know that we don't want any more spending increases. If, if, we, if we spend another $4 billion, uh, that money will never go away. Exactly. And we're already exactly. creeping our budget up. And so the next year when we come in with less money and, and more obligations now because we've raised our, our limits, um, we, I, I really don't know where we're going to go there. Hmm. Uh, it's better, it would be better to have given this money back to the people in the form of permanent tax cuts right away. Yeah. But if we can't do that, I mean, if the deal has to be, we're only going to split it up and increase spending on one side, give you tax credits on the other, you're, you're not only wasting the money, but you're balancing it out. That at best won't change. But the problem is the money that's being spent is going to go forward into the future and continue to grow in the future. And the tax cuts are, are going to end because we're going to run out of money. Now, I did hear, so, let me know if this is true. If they don't do anything at the by the end of the legislative session, does the governor have the power to use some of that money in, in, in his own way? Is there any truth to that? There was. Now there may be some of that, but what that was, Bill, was the the surplus or the money that came from the federal government, and that if we oh, hadn't spent okay. that, yes, if, if we hadn't spent that, then uh, and that was included in our in our surplus. If we hadn't spent that to the legislature, then the governor would have access to about one point five billion of that dollars. That's right. So that was the money that we used to pay back the unemployment. Okay. And, and so that pretty much took that out of the governor's hands. Now, there's always discretional spending for the governor, but it won't be $1.5 billion. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, I mean, last year, the budget increased by 12%, you said, right? Right. And, and we're looking at this now. And if, if, if you add this up, uh, and, and I'm, not, I'm not terribly great on these, so I, I go with the experts, and I'm going and talking to... Uh, the people that know budgets and yeah. know this stuff, and they're saying that if this continues with this spending here with the other $4 billion in spending, you know, you're looking at uh, with that increase, we could be up to an increase over the biennium of maybe 18, 17, 18% increase in yeah. our spending. Wow. How do you sustain that when now we've got people that uh, between your property taxes and your other taxes and your $4 gas? and your grocery bills over doubling in some cases, and our folks are on fixed incomes, this, is, this has the potential to be very devastating, and, and we should be fixing this stuff and not adding to it. Okay. Well, we need to reach out then to senators, House members. You know, I, most of the representatives we have in the QFM region are conservative, but still uh, reach out. Uh, for example, uh, Senator Utke and Senator Johnson, you know, I know Senator Johnson for sure 
does know uh, Senator Jeremy Miller, who's the majority leader. He, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Jeremy Miller to uh, hold back on going forward with this. It, does he have the backbone? Well, I haven't talked to him much. You know, we, we are in our different buildings now, and that makes a difference. And, and when we're in session and doing committees, we don't get a chance to uh, get together very often. But uh, the way it sounds, um, Jeremy might be in favor, or is in favor of this. Hmm. So I think that in, in, if we're going to stop it, it's going to have to come from the grassroots level. Okay. All right. Well, again, it's all you have to do is Google, you know, your senator and the numbers are right there. The emails are right there. So it's not hard to do. Uh, This is a big thing, you know, and we're down to the final hours. A couple of other things. I mean, you know, is there anything positive (laughs) other than what we're talking about? If we could stop this and I guess you could say it's positive that we have this projected budget surplus. But you know, has there been some positive things overall from this legislative session in your mind, Steve? Well, there's always some good things that are passed. Uh, most of the things that have passed this year have been small technical issues, except for that we did, you know, we were run, because of inflation and stuff, we were running a shortfall for the veterans' home in Bemidji. We took yeah. care of that. But that was more spending, too. But it was something that if we hadn't done it, you know, what we've stuck into it so far would be uh, would be in danger. So that was, I think, a good thing. Um, the uh, Getting the unemployment paid back was a yeah. good thing. Yeah. We've been working on ending the Social Security tax. If we could get that done, that would probably be another half a billion dollars to pay for that because of the way they do their math down here. Is there a chance of that? that would, I think that there's a chance. If, uh, the, the House version of the bill which wasn't enough, they actually upped the limit on the people that, uh, you know, income limit on the people that, that had to pay the tax. Okay. Uh, but I believe the Senate version, at least the last one I saw, had a complete uh, uh, removal of that tax. Now, where they're at right now, I'll have to catch up on that now today and tomorrow. Sure. Uh, because I think my bills are, are pretty much out of my hands now. Um, in, in the minority in the House, we've pretty much lost all of our voice now. So we're going to have to wait and see what comes back and make our arguments and, and just vote up or down. So, uh, But I'll, I'll catch up on that where that's yeah. at pretty quick here. This election is huge, isn't it, this fall, Steve? It, it really is. And this election for me, Phil, is more than just about the budget, although, although that's important to me because of the suffering we're going to see if we get into a recession. But it's, it's so much more. I mean, we're, we're in a battle for... Uh, all kinds of different things from, from the budget to, to what we would consider our moral values. Yes. And, uh, and so people just really need to get involved. I know I say that all the time, but in every, every election, it seems like we come closer and closer to, uh, to more of a, a bad movement. I don't want to say disaster, but bad movement, you know, in the wrong direction. Yeah. And the only way we're going to turn it around is if people get involved and stay involved. You know, the issues with the, the critical race theory in the schools has gotten a lot of people motivated. And I'm hoping that when the, when the dialogue starts to calm down in the summertime, that these people don't, don't forget that this is coming back at us again. It, it's there now, but then when the school starts, it starts all over. So we need to be on top of that. So people have just yeah. got to stay involved in their government.
And, of course, the whole situation with the Supreme Court, with the uh, likelihood of overturning Roe versus Wade, you know, that's just going to amplify things, the division in this country, like crazy this summer. And obviously states are going to be at the forefront then. It'll be back into their hands as to whether or not there is legalized abortion. And Minnesota, there obviously would be right now with uh, the leadership that we currently have. Yeah, there would be. I think uh, the talk on that is that Minnesota would become almost a sanctuary for the abortionists. We would be seeing them flocking here mm-hmm. from other states. Um, so the, uh, although I think that that has to be overturned, we also have to elect not just, not just Republicans. I'm not talking about just Republicans, but we have to elect pro-life people yeah. into, the, into the legislature. Yeah, absolutely. On, on all aspects, all the way from the governor, attorney general, on down to the state representative. Yeah. So it's huge. There's no doubt about it. And I know there was some voter reform that was being floated in the legislative session, both the House and the Senate, but it seemed like they were very far apart as to any meaningful uh, voter reform ideas. So. Am I right in that there really isn't going to be any voter reform in Minnesota prior to this election? No, there won't. There's nothing that we're going to be able to do right now because the governor would never sign anything. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think back to, uh, I believe it was in 2012, the year that I won, first time on the ballot that year we had voter ID and it was voted down. Yeah. And, if, and that's what we need to try again because people are paying more attention now. And if we got that into a constitutional amendment, then it's in, our, then it's in the Constitution, and it can't just be changed by the next legislature. Hmm. And so the voter idea is a, is a big deal. I think that it's something that's very well needed. But on a local level, people need to start fighting against the, the mail-in ballots and, and uh, try to go to in-person voting, even in their precincts, Yeah, and, and get back to... And I would love to see everything on the same day. I mean, yeah. we can still have absentee ballots, but not 40-some days out. No counting after Election Day. You know, go to, your, go to your polls. In Minnesota, if you don't live in a city, you live in a township, and almost every township is their own precinct. Townships are generally six miles square. So if the township's in the middle, you might have to drive three miles to vote that day. Uh, and that shouldn't be too much to ask. No, you could do that on horseback, couldn't you, Steve? Yes, you could. You could walk it, Phil. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Uphill both ways, as a matter of fact. Yes, if that's what it takes. (laughs) All right. Well, Steve Green, it's awesome to visit with you. Thank you. We need to pray for you. We need to pray that people will get on the phones and call your senators, your representatives. And if you have family elsewhere in the state, encourage them to do the same thing. And I guess to sum it up, the best thing would be uh, to urge that this does not pass, that uh, this budget, you know, this framework that they think is so great and trying to get $8 billion basically dealt with by Monday morning, let's hope that that doesn't happen. Is that a good way to sum it up? That's a a great way to sum it up. And just remember, uh, our state is fully funded. This yes. is not needed. This is only a supplemental budget. Does yeah. not, we don't need it. It's just over the top. I mean, obviously, some tax breaks would be great, but not if it involves all this other stuff. 
And uh, they're probably are they still trying to woo voters by promising checks from the governor? I mean, I haven't heard anything about that for a while. Yeah, that is that is kind of slowed down. I don't think it was. I don't think it pulled well. <laughs> and yeah. I hate to say that, but that's what politicians do. They look at the polling. Yep. And. Uh, and, and that's what they go by. So that's why people need to pay attention. So yeah. I think that went away because, you know, what is a $500 check going to do you when uh, you could burn that up in less than a month with the gas prices? Yeah, have? exactly. Steve Green, thank you so much. God bless. We'll talk to you again. Uh, probably Let's talk next week and see how this all panned out, okay? That sounds great, Phil. Let's do that. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. This yeah. is your life. God's truth. Your QFM.